mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Don't Blame Me, the greatest podcast. With every other podcast we make, we're just, we're just so good. If you didn't know, my name is Megan. I'm joined by my co-host, Melissa, and you might recognize us from billboards across the country of the best people ever. Very creative, but what else uh, are you going to say? I don't know. The Adderall hasn't kicked in yet. Um, what What are their other accolades? I mean, if you say ba- best people ever, that covers everything, really. It does. It, it, it truly does. Gold medal Olympians. 
we're both oh, yeah. gold medal. I, I forget. I know. You know, once <laughs> you win one, it's just like you want them whatever. all. <laughs> like it. Like, yeah. uh, I, you, I, you, you, I use the mask coasters. I have so many. You know, thinking of gold medal Olympians, uh, Serena Williams recently. I don't know if you follow her on the TikToks, but she went to a skating rink. And she was like, I haven't skated in 20 years, but I'm about to beat everybody when they do, you know, like the little mm-hmm. games that they have skating at skating rinks. First of all, she almost slipped even starting and she was came in almost dead last. And I was just like, just think about the people there. They may not know because she was wearing a mask, mm. unlike most of the people there, but they just beat Serena Williams <laughs> in a sport. You would not, if if I were there, you wouldn't be able to tell me shit if I could skate. I can't skate. So I would have been right along with her. Same. But like. <laughs> I would have helped her not but, be dead last. Yeah. I would have been my community service. <laughs> like, just think of the stories for the rest of your life. Because it's, it's at that skating rink that so many people go to in L.A. Mm. That's in all the movies. The only one we have. Yeah. <laughs> No, but like you can't tell like the straight white boys are going to be like, I I mean, she's not that good of an athlete. I beat her and they're not yeah. going unless like gun to their head. They're not going to clarify it was ice skating. <laughs> they right. will never. It was ice skating. It was ro- roller skating. Roller oh, roller skating. skating. They'll never admit mm-hmm. that it was roller skating because like they're never going to a admit that they're like fantastic at roller skating and that like they're going to make no the implication is I beat her at her mm-hmm. own game. And it's like, oh, you beat her yep. roller skating? It's like, blah, blah. But no, I would be the same way. <laughs> I would love to be, like, I see those TikToks of, like, everybody, like, wearing bell bottoms and, like, roller skating. I'm like, look how cute you are. Except I am traumatized because the first time that I fractured my tailbone was rollerblading and I fell. I thought it was from a horse or was that your foot? That was my foot. That was too strong. No, first time with the tailbone was roller skating. And I had the cutest outfit too. Like I looked, I was my friend's birthday party. Like there's a whole picture of us. And I'm like, I was like serving a vibe. I was wearing wide like bell bottom pants that were like pinstriped and this like tight little like shiny like turquoise top. And I had like my transition lenses and like I was just like looking real cute. It was a vibe. And I was like drinking like a Hanson's organic soda (laughs) and it was a birthday (laughs) party drink. And uh, the second time was when we had these fucking death traps on playgrounds, which half the time I'm like, who the fuck designs these playgrounds? A, why are there wood chips? Why am I falling in them and getting splinters? Like this seems like such a stupid thing like they're like well we don't want it to be sand because animals will pee in it i'm like or i will have 900 splinters like what do you mean that's the alternative i remember when that that switch happened in the playground i was there during the switch of it all Mm -hmm. awful and i think it happened the switch happened while i was living in texas as well so those chips were getting hot like like they would burn like Mm -hmm. burn burn yeah it's like getting impaled with like a hot like whatever but is it soldering knife is that like that it's like literally like you're getting impaled by like something fucking hot so bad and then they had these things it was like these dangerous fucking like playground rides where i'm like who came up with this and it was this thing that kind of looked like an upside down sorry playing piece or no maybe a right side up like if a a sorry playing piece was stacked on top of each other that is like kind of like a hershey's kiss so it kind of okay. has that, like, but there's like a little ball on the top. And so that's like a diamond kind of shape or whatever, but it's like flatter in the middle. I'm and sorry, but diamonds are very unique and distinctive. So I need you to be better about this. Okay. Imagine it's two of these little things kind of like stacked, but it's flatter in the okay. middle. And so you sit mm-hmm. on it and then people spin it and you just hold on and hope you don't 
fly the fuck off. And like naturally you do fly off and like they're never in the middle. They're always like near shit. So then you fly into like wood chips or you fly onto the asphalt. And I flew into the asphalt and then I cracked my tailbone <sighs> again. And that, because that was not so long, I think it was probably like a year or six months after the first time I did it. Then a little piece broke off and has been floating in my body ever oh, since. No. I know. I had to walk Ugh. around sixth grade with already transition. So here's some of the things I did to myself. Transition lenses, uh, I did to myself because I desperately wished I could break my arm so I could have a cast. I could have braces or I could have glasses. But naturally, I fucking got glasses, which is the only thing that you can't fit, like fix ultimately. And uh, I wore a tiara every day. Also my doing. Rainbow thigh high toe socks with flip flop platform flip flops. Also my doing. My fashion sense, my doing. What I did not pick was on top of all of that, I had to walk around in sixth grade with a fucking donut-shaped pillow that I had to bring to class to sit on in all of my classes because I couldn't sit on my tailbone for that long. So that's why I can't rollerblade or roller skate anymore. Gotcha. But also, I don't think it's a good thing for you anyway. You probably fall a lot. And the bruises. I know. You should have seen the bruise when the tailbone went away. But I think that's part of why I can't twerk. Because of your tailbone? Yes. I feel like that would make it better. If it was sheer will and determination, like I would already be there. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not That's why with you it. can't do it. It's a- okay. That's why you can't do it. You're right, Megan. If it was something I could control, I would do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what is the show? This is a show where I just talk about my tailbone injuries and wish that I had an ass. No, this is an advice podcast. All right, we- then we're done. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Goodbye. Uh, we give wonderful, life-changing, amazing advice. And you might be wondering, how are these two supermodels, Nobel Peace Prize winning authors and doctors and athletes, how are they qualified to give advice? And it is because, A, we are all of the things. And also what we lack for in credentials, we make up for in... Opinions. 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 Unlike assholes, I have more than one. <laughs> <laughs> do you think people have more than one asshole because you can have like two uteruses and like two vaginal canals let me google it yes you can huh. it's an extremely rare disorder it's called even though it's in your butt it's called penile duplication oh no it's two different things you can have two penis holes and you can also have two anal holes huh where's the other penis hole so do you think that's kind of more well i guess if it's only two then it's not like um it's a Malformation, like double bladder. Hmm. I'm actually reading a medical paper, so it oh. might take me a while to answer your question, but follow up later. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, yeah, we're going to give wonderful, amazing advice. And if you want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. We ask that you are 18 or over, have your parents' permission, and you let us know your age when you are giving us the call. We also ask that you write it down so you can practice and get everything you want to say out there. Let us know your age, your pronouns, if it's about a relationship, how long you've been together, the ages of other people involved in the story, and the more details and the more specific you can be in those relevant details, the better advice we can give you. But it's hard to kind of just do that off the top of your head. So if you've listened to the show before, you'll listen and be like, wow, those are some really good calls. Those are the calls that people wrote down what they were going to say, practiced, they edited it, figured out what they needed to add, what they needed to take away, and then just timed it out so they could keep it under three minutes and then just read it on the call. It's quite, quite easy. Yeah, let us know if you're sensitive. We will keep that in mind. But 
ask yourself this question. If you did something, how sensitive are you if you did something that was bad? You know, it's not going to get you. It's not a get out of jail safe, free. Some people will get out of jail free. Some people say that even if it's not something that they didn't. Yes. Do, but it's still a fail safe. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, today we have an update. <gasps> the crowd goes wild. Oh, here's one. Hold on. Ready? Yeah, it goes on for 30 more seconds, so I cut it out. Well, we all know you're <laughs> actually listening to this in your headphones at work or you are in your car. So the acoustics would probably not be that good. And it's more of the silent celebration. So and just just a little bit, because I just love to know what you are all doing when I just say penis, 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 fuck, 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 fuck. And then you're just like enjoying it. Listen, your headphones smiling. Your boss walks by. I apologize to anyone watching that just saw me get this deep chill that snuck up on me. Where can people watch this? They can watch this on Patreon.com. The link to that is in the show notes. So click there and you can watch the show for $1 a month. A dollar? Or if you want to participate in our live streams, then $5 a month. And that includes watching the show. We do live streams twice a month. This month we're doing three because last month we were both sick and I was gone for half the month but mm -hmm. we're back on it we're back we're back on our bullshit it's so much fun we have such a great time like we've literally become friends with everybody in there and like we know every I won't say everything about each other's lives but like it's exciting it's like a very fun community I, I'm not gonna sell it for like oh you get to hang out with Melissa and I but like they're all everyone else like we you don't get to hang out with everybody <laughs> I was gonna say like if we were we don't even need to be there because like everybody just gets mm -hmm. along and like talks and hangs out with each other, which is a fun thing. So if you're looking to make some friends and just have some like social interactions, it's a great, great thing. And if you have incredibly deep pockets and you're like, you know what? I want to see this show succeed. I want Megan and Melissa to be able to pay their bills and I want this show to thrive. And again, you got deep pockets. Do you work for Netflix? First of all, Sent shoot us an email. We'd love to pitch some things, specifically Hulu. Mm -hmm. But Netflix, we'll, we're not. We're not going to turn Hulu. it down. Yeah, I mean, we're yeah, we're not going to turn it down. We'd prefer Hulu, but if you work at Netflix, um, <laughs> that's okay too. Like we're cool with that. Uh, yeah. But you got deep pockets. Um, you can give us more than five dollars yeah, a month. Netflix pockets, as far as Ooh, like they the got company holes. as a whole, a little shadow, a little, sh little shallow. <laughs> those, those pockets have they're, they're big pockets, but like there's they a hole pay, in those pockets. But they pay people. Yeah, they pay yeah. a lot of people a lot of money. And for your six months that you work there yeah <laughs> okay <sighs> anyways let's get on into the update hello i am from the episode my aunt said i stole from my cousin on march 28th basically i just had the problem and idea that i needed to break up with my boyfriend of a year and we also lived together so it was quite the experience. We had a lot of differences and I had just decided that I just wasn't happy anymore. Even though we lived together, I didn't feel like lying to him anymore. So that's what I did. I'm here to give an update because I did indeed break up with him. Um, I did it about like a week 
or two. It wasn't very long after the episode came out because it had been a whole conversation like with my friends. And then I told all my friends that I <laughs> went on the podcast. And <laughs> I, yeah, I did it about a week or two. I think that I was honestly more distraught than he was, which was kind of hurtful in a way. But um, I just kind of like had the conversation. I was pretty, I was pretty honest about things. I basically like told him the reason was that I felt like his mother and he did not cry once. I was crying the whole time. Um, I guess mostly just because I felt bad. I knew it was right, like the right thing to do, but I don't know. And so we just like had like a long conversation and he was pretty open about things. And I mean, we kind of had to be considering we still live together. And he just explained that he thought we should have talked about things before they got to this point. And I said, I feel like I have. And that's why I am at this point. So um, I disagree. But yeah, it went okay. But like I said, I was a little hurt that he didn't seem to like show any emotion but sometimes I just feel like that's how guys are unfortunately so I did that we still live together it's been pretty okay it's definitely a learning curve for sure um I don't have much time left our lease ends at the end of this month so almost there and yeah it's been pretty okay I feel like I've been super respectful of him and his space I can't say he's been the same considering he's come home with hickeys twice so that's Oof. been fun yeah so definitely an interesting experience I don't regret it but I also just wish that we didn't live together in the first place. But, you know, you live and you learn. So <laughs> would you say that like you have had to be like because like this is like a, a, a thing that fucking happens is like we date men and then like we become their mothers and like they are like, yeah. I don't know how to do anything. Like, blah, blah. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, you like lived before me. Like, you know yeah. how to like do like all that shit. So like, yeah. have you seen that where it's basically kind of like, why couldn't you have like done this shit when we were together like did you do you know what I mean like in that kind of sense yeah. like I honestly if anything it's made me like more confident in my decision because I still hear him like literally like going to his mom for things and so like I'm like okay like you literally have nothing nothing went in the brain for sure so mm -hmm. yeah if anything it like made me more confident in it because like I just like want to find someone like that doesn't I don't know I just like felt literally like a mother and he still like calls his mom to like help him with like his resume and like when I was asking him about moving I was like oh like what are your plans like where are you going you know because we still have conversation like we we sleep in the same bed like it's really it's you know it yeah happens. so like we still like he was we were really close so like it doesn't feel awkward a lot of people ask like oh is it awkward I'm like not really like it's just like Nah, you kind of live with it mm -hmm. but yeah I still hear him like ask his mom for stuff and I was like oh what's your living plans and he was like oh yeah I found this place blah blah, blah. and I was like oh like where'd you find it and he was like I don't know my mom my mom found it and I was like it's mm, good can you remind me how old y'all are I'm 20 I turned 21 in two weeks and then he's 21 hmm. yeah yeah okay. I mean I if I were you this would also make me much more confident in my decision because like yeah. it would be like oh this wasn't a personal choice that you made where like you could you were able to do all these things for yourself you were self-sufficient and then like yeah as soon as you got with me you were just like oh she'll do everything and then it's like oh yeah. so you could do it but you chose not to and then it's like yeah. oh you can't do that like you're like mm. you just and also like his mom's just continues by not making him do his own shit she continues to enable yeah. him and like I saw this really great TikTok in heterosexual relationships how we talk about 
what women do for the men is not how we talk about men. Where it's like, oh, she's so good for him. Like he's really mm-hmm. settled down. Like he's gotten so mature. Like he's just like, you know, he's like ready for this, like blah, all of this kind of stuff. It's like, no one says that like, oh, you know, she's really like, he's really good for her. Like he calms her down. Like it's yeah. just like not what we, how we talk about it at all. But yeah. so like she continues to enable him because she's banking on another woman being like, yeah, I will spend all this time to either become the next you as like become his mom or I will break all of that down. And then like, that's a, that's a burden that no one should have to carry. I think mostly because you said the thing like, oh, is he finally like trying to do things by himself? I just think that I didn't really realize it at the beginning of our relationship because I was like so in love like you know like the first like couple months Mm -hmm. of relationship you're just like so in love with the person that I didn't really realize how much I was doing or like what exactly I was doing and so I think that like I said I don't really regret it specifically for the fact that like I think if I didn't live with him that I wouldn't have realized like the amount that I was doing and then we would have gotten to the point where we were farther in the relationship and then moved in together and I would have realized it and then it would have been like a three to five year breakup rather than like a one year breakup which I think would have been harder on everybody so yeah I don't really regret it but yeah he's he's been interesting to like (laughs) live with and the person like I I I'm like 90% sure like I know who it is and it like makes it even worse because it's like a friend I met through him it's like his best friend's sister that lives around us but I would consider me and the sister friends because we would hang out without him but I met her through him um so after we broke up she kind of just like stopped talking to me but I'm like 90% sure actually like 100% sure that it's her roommate that the hickeys are from so I just like find that so interesting like I'm not even mad at him because I'm like he can do whatever he wants I don't really care but like just the fact that it's her I'm like that is so messed up that is so messed up I mean to be fair I would assume that she probably doesn't like it that much either you know what I mean like I think it'd be kind of gross like if it was your sibling like I would hope that you'd be like you why were you hooking up with my roommate yeah Mm. but yeah I mean to be fair I also like you're very young and I think that like there is a learning curve that we all have in like adulthood Mm -hmm. and I think that like I'm sure people have probably given you the advice before like you need to date someone older you're so mature for your age like you've got this shit together like that's never anything I would ever like recommend like the thing that I say like if you're mature for your age and you're self-sufficient which is something that I was told constantly and was also told to constantly like you just need to date someone older because like guys your age don't know blah 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 no the thing is is like have your standards which you do and like have like these are my boundaries these are my standards and this is what I expect of like the person that I'm with and not every guy is like that there's a ton of like moms who enabled their sons but then there's a lot who have like gone very much against that and like those are the people (laughs) who you should be dating moving forward and like you 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 know that now already and I think that's a lesson that like I think that I would have loved to learn much like when I like much younger and like I think it's 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 a very important lesson to to recognize that it's not your job to fix someone or to like make someone live up to your expect like your bare minimum standards and of expectations of being like self-sufficient and not needing to be someone's mom like that's not something you you should have to teach someone and I think that like if I was 20 I would have tried to teach someone that and like I think that like yeah I'm I'm impressed that like you came to this realization you acted on it like stayed strong in your boundaries and like I think that's an incredibly good sign for like your future relationships 
you know? Yeah, thank you. And also, this inspired a lot of people. We had a ton of calls after your, after this call that were in the same boat as you. And so I think that this update will also, some people were on the fence or they haven't made the decision yet, or they are scared to do it, that this is a good update that can inspire other people. That's good to hear. Yeah, people tend to think like my therapist told me once and it was like about me, like my own mental health and like struggles that I had where she was like, if you could have done it, you would already have done it. And that's sometimes in relationships, we have a hard time being like, well, maybe if I phrase it differently, he'll change. Like maybe if I like, maybe it's in the way that I'm communicating it. And like, I think this is a perfect example of like, you communicated constantly. You tried like intervening in like the changing this, like pointing out these issues and all of that. Mm -hmm. And A, he still thought that that didn't happen when it did. But then also like you saw afterwards at the end of the relationship, it's like, oh, no matter what I was going to say, there was no way for me to say this that would click or make sense for you because like that's not where you're at in your life emotionally like and maturity wise. Like you're not there. And like Mm -hmm. that's not something that I had I could change ever. Like, you know, so I think I think that will be really comforting to other people to kind of recognize, too, that it's it's not on you. Once you've communicated it like a couple of times, like the rest, like the change that's on if he wanted, like if anyone, if you wanted to, you would have if you were able to, you would have. Yeah, that's what I always think, too. I'm like, well, because I think the same thing. I like definitely shot myself down like throughout it because I was like, well, I'm not like a perfect girlfriend either. But like in my eyes or like when I had like friends telling me they're like, what is he like? bring to this like Mm -hmm. what does he bring to the table because like it's just looking like it's not an even process and that's even when I said in the breakup I said I feel like I'm giving I feel like relationships are like supposed to be like around 50 50 type of deal and I feel like I was giving like 70 and like you know what I mean like I just felt like it wasn't like an even exchange and yeah you know sometimes I get sad about it but I turn 21 in two weeks. I go to Italy in exactly a month. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I can't wait for you. I cannot Fucking wait for you to yes. experience Italy. I'm so excited. Really experience sexually. Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> experience All my are like, you have to. You have to. I'm like, you know, I will. Yeah. You don't have to convince me. <laughs> you have to get on the back of a Vespa. Like, you gotta. Mm-hmm. Like, and, my oh. first weekend is in Venice. So, oh, you know yeah. we're going to be doing that. <laughs> oh my god so fun I'm so excited i loved Il- italy i went when i graduated from college so i was 22 and it was yeah no i was 21 when i went it was in b- before i turned 22 and so it was a uh, life-altering yep have fun that's the goal thank you so much <laughs> Melissa, what the fuck? <laughs> did you like, go to like an orgy or some shit like, <laughs> if anyone's watching the video that face of melissa that was <laughs> eye-opening Okay. I said life altering, not eye opening, but Oh, oh, okay. That's there's kind a of lot worse. of eye closing. <laughs> it, okay, for sure. Someone went to an orgy. Oh well, be safe. <laughs> Thank you. You know, bring protection. Um mm-hmm. and uh COVID test depending. Too. Yeah, COVID test. And if you are on uh an oral contraceptive birth control, um that they, I am. Put, put, switch the the uh time change time. pay attention mm-hmm. to the time change yes. of oh. when you take your birth control think mm-hmm. about that yeah. uh-huh. okay. people yeah. don't think about this yeah even when daylight saving times happens like people don't even think about that you should be an hour, hour you don't necessarily have to Not like necessar- daylight savings. but if you were in like the three hour period and then you missed it yeah and missed it by that one hour it could make exactly a 
So, but yeah. yeah, when it comes to time changes, I learned that as somebody who, if I like am even a day late on taking my period, like my body is like, you will bleed. So like I, yes. I, but yeah, Mine's so change for the, for the time, um, <laughs> time change and have so much fun. And uh, we can't so wait much. to, if you're in the Facebook group, we can't wait to like see pictures or hear stories or if not, I'm send not, us a DM. I do need to, yeah, I need to, didn't, aren't you guys, are you guys still like, adding people to that or how's that working? well not really. um, <laughs> we're not but here's the thing if but someone if we do an update with like i like mm-hmm. I, they, like there is no fair process like if it's someone okay. who like we've done an update with i'm like oh i'll search for your name and i'll let you in but like other people yeah. i'm like oh i'm not gonna read every-. you know what i mean like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay i'll join it, it today you know yeah please see it <laughs> it's like a uh exclusive membership so like if yeah, you know it. somebody that can give a reference then it helps Perfect. exactly and when reference. we're giving right this is the reference and i'm like okay <laughs> yeah. you can cut the line yeah. sorry life isn't Ugh. fair <laughs> yeah. oh we'll have so much fun thank you and so much. we're so happy for you thank you yeah. i hope this inspires the people that called about it break up with them yeah. <laughs> cool well thank you so much thank you have a good one and happy early birthday thank you Woo. bye, bye. <laughs> I think this is an inspirational and learning moment for everybody. And I wish I had that like thought process and maturity at that age. Like I think it's incredible. And like something I've always said when it comes to like relationships that I think when you deal with the bullshit early on or like it feels like a lot of bullshit or like a lot of like shitty toxic relationship, like an onset of that. I think that you end up with where you who you want to be with or where you want to be quicker because like you sift through that shit quickly and then some people, the opposite end of it is they don't have those relationships. They have good relationships. They have, and like those teachable moments, it always comes at some point and those happen later. That's what I always tell myself that I'm like, if I can sift through this bullshit now, it's inevitable that we all sift through it at some point. And like, I just like drew all these cards first and like other people will draw them yeah. eventually, but like none of us avoid it. It just hits us at different points in our life. And I think this is a PSA to everybody that- you don't need to be your boyfriend's mom, your partner's mom mm-hmm. at all. It's exhausting. Like Clearly, I, this guy still has his mom still doing everything for him. Yeah. Hopefully he grows out of that at some point. Hopefully. He, but, that, yeah, it's really hard. And I always never want to ever want to blame women for doing this. But the thing that happens is like it's this vicious cycle where mm-hmm. their moms did it for them and it starts from the gender assumed gender roles that are not brought on by women like those are brought on by the patriarchy and like but this is a perfect example of like the patriarchy makes us all suffer Mm -hmm. like ex-boyfriend he's suffering too like this is something that you all have to unlearn and like this is something that Mott's had to Mott's has had to unlearn and like even in the last weekend of doing handy stuff around the house he was like I feel like I'm in my 30s and I don't know how to do this shit like this is and I was like yeah I mean unless someone taught you how to do this, like I, my belief system is either things are done for you. So you don't learn how to do it. Things are done for you where you participate and you are taught and you are helped or those things never got done. So therefore you didn't learn how to do them. So like he's learning about like cleaning and organizing and handy stuff because that stuff was like done for him. And they could outsource Mm -hmm. that to like other people to do stuff. And then I was learning like how to clean and organize and do all that stuff because like I didn't grow up in like a clean house. Like I didn't grow up with people who Mm -hmm. did those things. And so then I also didn't know how. And so I think we all fall in some realm of that. And it's just about matching with who you want to do that together with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody that 
balances you out or you can pay somebody else to do it. Exactly. And Mots and I are in the perfect in-between of him being like, we'll just pay somebody else to do it. And then I will hyperfixate it on it for like three days and either be like, look, we didn't have to pay someone to do it. Or I will be like, you were right. I tried to do it. I couldn't do it. Let's pay someone else to do it. Skills labor for a reason. You are the one who always makes me like, reminds me that I can do that. Where you're just like, anybody, if you need an inspirational Melissa moment, like it's like, I remember it was like planning for the move or whatever. And it was right after you had done your move and you were like, I'm busy. Like I have a job. Like I'm a professional woman. Like I'm a boss. Like I don't have time to do this shit. And like, there are people who are better. I'm better qualified at what I do than what these other Mm -hmm. people do. And if I do their job, it's going to take me longer than it would take them to do it. And they'll do a better job. And I was like, oh, right. You're right. And then I also think about like as far as if I do that, too, and then I'm taking it away from my time that I would be working. And so the money I calculate how many much money that I pay them versus how much money I would be losing if I wouldn't be doing it. So, Mm -hmm. yep, it makes sense. Yep, it does. And I usually when I hire like a task rabbit or something, I usually hire like a woman or a person of color. So I was like, now I'm feeding into, you know, hiring other people and then they can do the same for things that they it's just a a cycle. And you know what that is? That is trickle down economy. (laughs) 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 It is not what all the fucking Joe Rogan stands think it is. That is real trickle-down economy. That's, yep, Uh, yep, yep. Uh, Anyways, dump your boyfriend and uh, trick out of the calls. We shall. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm a 25-year-old using she, her pronouns, and I just started a new job that has literally everything I've ever wanted. Great pay and benefits, amazing culture, and real opportunity for growth. However, my team is located in Australia while I am in the state. I'm currently in talks to figure out relocating there, but I don't know how to manage my current romantic relationship with my 28-year-old boyfriend, he, him pronouns. We've been dating for a year and discussed marriage and kids and our future. And early on in the relationship, I made it clear that I wanted to move one day. Because even though we live in one of the most desirable cities in the U.S., and I was born here and lived here my entire life and feel like my stagnant location is holding me back from being my full self. I also mentioned that I would love to live abroad considering policies in the U.S. When I was offered the job and they asked me to relocate, he avoided talking about it. Ultimately, we aren't engaged, so I would never miss out on a huge opportunity for someone I'm just dating. So I told him I would be moving, and he's been very negative about the idea. He says he wants to continue progressing our relationship, but thinks it's an unfair ask of him to move to Australia with me, which I could sponsor him for a visa that would allow him to work in Australia as well. My opinion is I make double his salary, and moving will give me even more growth opportunities. And if I was a man in the relationship, the expectation would be that my partner would follow me for my career. Not that that's wrong or right. But in my opinion, my opportunity to grow my career means an opportunity for us to grow our income. It's a good opportunity for us both. He's asked for time and wants to continue our relationship, but this feels like a red flag to me. I'm worried that he's viewing me as a piece to fit into his life puzzle rather than a partner, but don't know how to address that with him or how to move forward in the relationship when I feel like I'm being told to not advance in my career so he isn't inconvenienced. I love him, but I'm genuinely shocked at how little consideration he's given this move and can't tell if I'm being unreasonable or if this is a warning sign in the relationship. Am I being unreasonable? And how can I address this so we can get out of our current holding pattern of ignoring my upcoming move? Some background, I could stay in the U.S. for my role, but it would be incredibly difficult to manage my daily schedule and would limit my opportunities for growth. He would also be very capable of finding a job there and a higher salary, even factoring exchange rate. And I definitely don't want to spend my entire life there and settle down. He knows that. He knows I have to be there for four years and I could leave to the U.S. at any time to return to remote work. Anyway, I'd love to hear your opinions and advice. Thank you so much. 
Also, I'm a Virgo and he's a Gemini. I don't necessarily think that this is a red flag per se, but, you know, when you first start dating someone, you say things like, yeah, I would love to live in a different country. I don't like U.S. policies, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think he took you seriously because it may have seemed like, you know, early relationship talking father, father type of things. But I do think that if you are being upfront and serious and letting him know that I definitely will be moving out of the country and he didn't listen to it, then that's a red flag. But like asking someone to move to a different country and upheave their whole life for four years is a it to me that is a really big ask. If that's not something that they want to do or ever saw themselves doing. And when you said that you guys were just dating, that made it seem like the I know that moving to a new country and asking him to go with you is like a big commitment. And you said that, you know, if you were engaged, you wouldn't even consider it. But I just to me, this just seems a lot to ask somebody that you've been with for one year and you're not you don't see yourself fully committed to them. Even though you have talked about big picture things, this is a lot for four years. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, this in the kindest way possible. Like, I think your side of it is like a red flag, like to me, because like you were saying, like, if I was a man, it would be expected. Like, I would also think that's a red flag. Like, I I don't Mm -hmm. I mean, and, you know, you're a listener of the podcast. so You obviously know that, like our belief system on that. But like. That I wouldn't, I wouldn't not only I wouldn't expect anyone to do that, but I also like really wouldn't recommend anyone to do that. And I say this from the perspective and point of somebody who is engaged, has been with their partner for a very long time. And we also talked about marriage and kids before we obviously got engaged. And before Mats and I got together, he had always, when we were just friends, he'd always talked about like he had just like mentioned that he like wanted to like move back to Colorado. And that was something that before we got together, that was something that I asked him. I was like, you had mentioned a couple of times before that like you had like wanted to move back to Colorado. And he was like, oh no, that's just kind of like, you know, wistful dreaming thing. Like I can't even be like, mm-hmm. like I go for Christmas and like, I can't, if I, am I there for more than a week? Like I go like stir crazy. Like I, I love LA. Like I just, you know, that's like kind of like my response to being defeated. And he was like, why? And I was like, well, I just, if we're going to pursue something, like that's not something that like I'm I'm from California. Like, I don't know if I'll be, I don't think I'll necessarily be in LA long-term, but like, I'm gonna live here. Like, I'm gonna live in California. Like, this is where I see the rest of my life because this is all I've known. And where else do you go except downhill? I mean, how many times have we just like talked about, you know, Moving just off to Atlanta. Let's yeah. move, we're gonna We're gonna move to Atlanta. We're gonna go here mm-hmm. and we're gonna just podcast and you know, have not even just Atlanta. We've talked about going to smaller cities where the cost of living isn't as high. You know, you kind of just say things, but I don't know the way that that the caller delivered the information. Like, I want to live somewhere else. If it was like, you know, kind of in the way that we talk. I mean, we're on Zillow all the time looking at other places. But if you were like serious, like I'm moving and you told him like, this is, you know, a deal breaker that when I ready to move, I'm going to move. And if you don't want to come with me, Mm -hmm. I understand. But, 
you know, that's the end of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't present it as like a deal breaker, then I don't see how what he's saying is unreasonable. No, because like the responsibility is on you for that. And like, that's the reason why I, I brought it up to Mott's and he was like, oh, no, it's because it was like, if that was a thing, I would have said that. Like, I, I would have that it was it's not a deal breaker. It's not like it's kind of like a fantasy thing I've talked about. Like, that's not what I want to do, whatever. But if it was, that would have been his responsibility to communicate that like with me ahead of time. The same way that I think if you either want to have kids or you don't want to have kids, like that is something that you need to communicate with your partner ahead of time before you get to that point where like if these are these deal breaker things, like you need to know that first because people aren't making like those, they're not making those decisions. But the way that you've talked about this instance is not, and again, I say this lovingly, this isn't how you have these conversations when you are in a long-term relationship that you do see with marriage and kids. Like you don't tell your partner, hey, I'm moving. Like that's a conversation Mm -hmm. you have as a couple. Like that is something like if you're planning for your life together, like it's we. And like marriage, sure, having a ring, being engaged, that can mean something like marriage. Yes, those are documents that are very important, but like you don't have to be married or to have a partnership. Like lots of marriages aren't partnerships and lots of partnerships aren't like marriages. But like if that Mm -hmm. is what you want, like that, this is not like I told him that I took a job and I'm moving. Like that's not how it goes. Like you have to, it has to be a conversation between the two of you because dialogue. It's Uh his, he has as much agency and choice as you do. And like right now you're valuing your financial career and this is something that you want to do. But like, what if he doesn't want to be far away from like his friends? Like, what if he really likes where, like you're valuing like, well, this like me making more money will be good for us. Like we can make more money here, but like you are staying at your current job and this will be a great place for you to grow. But then he has to quit his job, find a new job there, find a new friend circle there. Like your team is moving to Australia. Like you have built-in work Mm -hmm. friends there. Like you are saying that you didn't want, you feel like you are just a puzzle piece in his life. I feel like he's seemingly like a puzzle piece in your life. Like you're trying to fit him into this thing that you want to do. And I don't think that like, I think if you didn't want to have a conversation together and make the choice together to move, if your instinct was just like, I'm going to take this, this is what I want to do. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But you're not ready to be in the kind of partnership that you're talking about. Like that is an independent decision Mm -hmm. and that's fine. Like make those independent decisions. If like you're so secure in that, that it's like a, this is what, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. He shouldn't tell you like he, I don't think that if he tells you like, no, don't move. That's something that you should listen to if this is what you want to do, but you can't make a call for you and then expect it to also be the right call for him. Cause like You're both two independent individuals. And if you're not going to make these choices together that you can both agree on, you shouldn't be asking him to move with you. It should be a, we made this choice together. And this is like, we're going to move. This isn't like a, he's tacking on to my plans. Like it's a, this is something that we planned together. And like, yeah, I think this, it needed to be like the only time that I would be like you're saying, like if you had these conversations and you seriously told him like my plan, I just want to know before we, you don't know before we get into this relationship, like I plan to move abroad for at least like four to five years. And I want to do that in the next year or so. Like I'm going to be pursuing companies that are going to be expanding over abroad and have those opportunities. Like unless he was like, I'm in, I'm all game. Like I want to do that too. Like I'd love to do that. And you talk about that together. And then he says, no, that also I don't think is horrendous. It's just kind of like, 
when push comes to shove and you end up in the moment, you realize like, oh shit, I don't actually really want to upheave my whole life onto this brand new journey because it's going to be a whole new experience for him versus you. It's just a partial new experience, but it's a whole new life that he has to build. But you have to have those conversations ahead of time. Like Mons and I have had this before where it's like, we talk about all the time of like, okay, if I booked a job in this city, what would we do here? And like, what would we do if it's this? And he would be like, I would move to this like city, this city, if you worked here, I would probably get another job, but I would do by coastal. Like we like talked about it extensively. And that's something that like, if you don't give him agency in making these decisions that then it's not your, it's not our life and it's not our decisions and like Mm -hmm. our plans, it's your plans. And that's okay. You can have your plans, but you, your plans start and end with you. Yep. And it feels like you're like, I'm the breadwinner of this relationship. So what I say goes. Yeah. It's giving like toxic man vibe energy. And like, I also just, I think career growth is like really great, but money, I know this whole money isn't everything is not a true statement because money helps. It gives you access to solve almost all of your problems, but it doesn't solve all of your problems. And it also creates new ones. Mm -hmm. You making more money, does that outweigh and outvalue? Like, what if he's so lonely? Like, what if he's miserable? Like, what if he hates it there? Like, have you gone through that process of this? Or are you just looking at like, what are the extreme benefits for both of you career-wise and financially? Because like your life isn't your career. Like that, like it might be for you in this moment or it it might be like what kind of how your mindset is. Like Melissa and I are both live to work people, don't work to live. Like we love mm-hmm. what we do. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like I love my career and I love what I do, but it's never going to be prioritized above like, people that I love and like my relationships and like my integrity and like my morals with that. And like my career is great and fantastic. And I, again, I love what I do, but I can always do that. That's my control. These are the things that I can always do. But when it comes to like interpersonal relationships, if you don't prioritize that and value those while they're here, you're going to be incredibly successful in your career. But I don't know that you're going to be feel really fulfilled in your relationship because that doesn't translate. Like being successful in your career doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. that carries over to like how your relationship does. Last thing I'll say, one year, if you had called in and said, I got this job and like I've been dating this guy for a year. He's great. We've talked about marriage and kids. I don't know what to do. If that was where this call ended, I would be like, you've been together for a year. This is your job. This will advance your career. Like move, like do this, like do your solo thing, move. It's a year. You don't know where you're going to be. You're still kind of in the honeymoon phase of a relationship. Like don't make life altering decisions around a one year long relationship. It feels like a long time. It's truly not that long. And that would be my advice. Like my advice is literally what you're doing, just minus the trying to kind of bring him along for the ride. And he doesn't want to. Yeah. Because four years is a long time. It's even if you've only been together for a year. It's four times longer than what your relationship is. But even if, you know, you know, things that's a lot to do when you're in a relationship and then moving is an adjustment as it is. But moving to a completely different country, that's a lot to bank on somebody that you've known for one year. Yeah, they you rely on that relationship so heavily and like 
I moved to someone who I, we've been together for like almost seven years. And like, it was a fucking hard, like that was really, really hard. And we moved within our own city. But like when you're relying on the only social aspect is relationship that you've had for a year, you're assuming that this is where your relationship is going to be like in four years. And like you can talk about marriage and kids and like you can want that. But I also think that, I don't know, I personally don't think that every person you meet that you could see yourself getting married to and have kids with, I don't think that's like that. Oh, they're the one like I don't at all. Like, I think you've known him for a year and the person you've known for a year is someone that you could see yourself getting married and having kids with. But like, you don't know him after two years. You don't know him after X amount of like all of this kind of stuff. I think it could ruin everything for both of you like it could be like the relationship blows up and therefore you hate Australia and like you hate your job and it's miserable like I think you're just thinking this from your perspective and how it's going to be so great for you which then by proxy will be great for him but like what if what's great for him is staying here and then leaving would not be good for him like would you still value that as much as you value this being good for you you know so all right so Virgo can handle it Okay. (laughs) Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling because I'm having kind of a career crisis. I just graduated from college as a psychology major, and I work in the mental health field and have for the past two years. But I'm honestly so fed up with the way my company has been treating me, and I don't know what to do. So I've worked in the mental health field for two years with this specific company, And recently, I found out that they're paying everyone that I have brought on, onboarded, and trained more than me. I talked to them about that and ended up getting a raise, but they hired more staff and gave them more benefits and paid them more than me again. And I'm just so fed up, especially when I'm working overtime every single week, 10 hours a day. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm tired. The problem I'm having, though, is I can't seem to find any positions in my field and I don't know what I should do if I should leave my field even though I need preparation for grad school and eventually becoming a counselor or if I should stick out this job because it gives me direct experience that will help me apply to grad school which I didn't get into this year because I didn't have enough direct experience. I just don't know what to do because I feel like I'm at a crossroads where if I leave my field, I might not ever be able to return to something I'm so passionate about and I might fall behind and not be able to make enough to move out of my living situation. But I also like am so drained at this current position and like I can't do it anymore, but I just don't like see a way out. So I was wondering just sort of what you think I should do if it's worth kind of like toughing through it until I can find something in my field or if I should quit and just take whatever job I can get. Thank you. Bye. Oh, the plight of capitalism. Yeah, this is a hard one. Well, I think this is a hard one because I think morally both of us have feelings. And then I think, but like practically, I they practic like practical advice doesn't align with my moral advice. And exactly. That's same. Like not what we do on this podcast. <laughs> like We are both very, like, moral, cause-driven, ethically-driven people. And, like, this is kind of, like, one of those situations where you're held down and you're put into this um, box that it's an impossible feat. And it's something that, like, there's no really winning in, in, like, the game of, like, capitalism. Like, I think you're always going to settle. And that's something that, like, I hate. But it's just, like, how do you play a game that's 
rigged, <laughs> you know? I think what I would do is go to the company, whoever you're talking to, whoever gave you the raise, or even maybe the person that's above them. I don't know the the structure of the company and say, why is it that I've been at this company for X years? You gave me a raise, but there are people that you're hiring that don't have the experience that I have, that I'm training, and they have more benefits and a higher pay than I do. Help me understand why this is the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, isn't it called like a like a project review, like a review, some yeah. something like that? Like, Yeah, but uh, every company doesn't necessarily do that, but because that usually comes from the boss. If you don't have that, like, I, I think it's like the opportunity to be like, exactly. And like, that's checking your feelings at the door, which is a hard thing to do, but being like, tell me what it is that I am lacking in or tell and and tell me what I am good at. Tell me what and then tell me how that is being broken up and reflected in my salary and benefits. So I would love Mm -hmm. to know, like stacked up against these people, like, is there something I don't know? Does this person have more experience than me here? Like, what is what is going on? Yeah, I don't think you're doing anything bad, but I wouldn't phrase it in the way that Megan said, because they might take that and then flip it on her and say, well, this is what you're not doing. This is what you don't have. Yeah, you don't deserve this. So what I would do is I would, you know, have all everything that you do have, have all your qualifications your experience, how you're training these people, they're using the knowledge that you have to do their job and say, since I have all this experience and I'm the one training them and I'm doing X, Y, and Z, why am I not being compensated for that? Yeah. I think you need to ask them the, like, explain this to me as opposed to just get, not that I'm saying you said, give me a raise, but like, this is a structure that like the same issue has happened. It's just now you got paid more, but then so did other people. And so it's like, I need you like mm-hmm. explain this to me. And like, this is the thing that happens is like people take advantage. And this is why like being like pay discrepancies like so important, especially within like workers together, like knowing what other people make and like what their benefits are. The reason why companies don't want you to know that is because then you will do this. You will then use that. And this mm-hmm. most often happens to like women who are getting paid like significantly less. And it's seen as like a compliment when the woman's like, oh, like she's a real ball buster in the room where it's like, no, no, I shouldn't have to knock down your door and yell at you for not paying me as much as like the people who work below me who I've trained in order to get like, oh, well, now she's earned it. Like, no, I already earned it. But like right. sometimes you do have to play the, the shitty fucking game of it all. But I think it's like asking for an explanation versus a solution because the explanation is then like, now that I've had the explanation, now what are we going to do about that? Like, what's the solution here? Mm-hmm. I would also talk to your coworkers and the people who like, you know what their benefits are and things like that. Like, I think like, you're right. You shouldn't go into um, what I was saying earlier. Like, don't go into it with like comparing yourself to them and like what you lack with them. But I think like in order to um, arm yourself with like the best case and like be the most familiar for like with what you're fighting for slash against like talk to your coworkers and find out like okay what was your experience here like what has been like what, what was your prior experience to getting this like what knowledge do you have like did, what kind of school did you go to like what kind of honors were you awarded um what internships have you had like all of those things that make someone like a well-rounded employee or hire or something factor that in and just so you know like what you're kind of going into about those conversations as opposed to like for working overtime. Are you getting paid for working overtime? Because if you're getting paid for working overtime and you're always working overtime, that's a 
hey, it's time to renegotiate. I My hours have clearly changed for like what the new standard and expectation is. So I think we need to have like an assessment uh, to go over what my new compensation, what the new compensation structure is for me for that. But at the same time, I don't know how overtime works in your industry, but a lot of the time what you get paid in overtime is significantly more than like the pay bump to cover the extra mm-hmm. couple of hours. But that is also like, if they are expecting you to work overtime constantly, like I think it's about outlining your boundaries of being like, I can't work overtime every day. Like I can, let's adjust my pay. Again, let's adjust my pay structure for I'm going to work until this time, three days a week and then, or four days a week. And then every other like weekend, like every twice a month, you can, I can work this time, like this late, and we can pick what day that's going to be. It'll be Fridays, I'll work, Mondays, I'll work that late. Like every other Monday, I'll, we'll do that, and that will be reflected in your salary. Because I think that, like, even if you are getting paid overtime and like it's a lot more than it normally is, the psychological effects of working so many hours over and over and over again, that I think if you can take a little bit of a pay cut again, if you're getting paid overtime pay, so you can have it like set up clear boundaries, that might be better for your mental health. Yeah. And I don't know how how big your department is or how many people have similar jobs to you. Uh, But if everyone's working overtime, then they need to hire because that means that is equal to if you're on salary and then everybody's working overtime, what they're doing is taking advantage of you instead of hiring an additional person. And that's just messed up. It's also poor business practice because I'm pretty sure, again, I don't know if it's the same in the industry, but like it costs more to pay people overtime than it would just to hire a new team member. If they're not on salary, if they're getting paid hourly, then yes, that's true. Oh, but if they're on... So if they're on salary, then it doesn't matter. You're just, you work what you work. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be... Wow, I, you're probably right. It's probably that. Oof, because you said benefits and most salary. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have benefits unless you're a salary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is hard because like, You're right in the sense that, like, you need experience to get into grad school and it seems like no places are hiring. And you're right in the sense that if you take a break, you do run the risk of, like, it's why so many people don't take maternity leave anymore. Like, because, Mm -hmm. like, you're better off. Like, some people would love to stay at home with their kids for a couple years, but they lose the momentum of their career and they can't get back on track. And it's not about how hard you try or how hard you work at it. It's like the system is literally built for like, if you jump off the train, we're leaving you behind. And like you would never, we're making it so it's not possible for you to ever catch up. And like, that's the hamster wheel of capitalism. And so like, it sucks because it does apply to every job, even the things that like are the warm and fuzzy, like mental health is obviously not a constant warm and fuzzy thing, but it's a progressive field in its concept, but like it still falls under capitalism and so that aspect still really fucking sucks but I think that like this job does not seem great like you sound really burnt out and I think that you don't stop looking for a job whether that's like I know it's draining to like log on to your phone every day or go on to things every day but like set up email alerts so you're not having to do so much like active searching like email alerts for the job title in the city that you're in and like get those pinged to your phone. If you have uh, from undergrad, if you have any old contacts, like 
Moss gets fucking calls and emails from people who he like hasn't spoken to in years who are like trying to get into entertainment and they'll be like, hey, can we grab coffee? And he's like, never like, oh, this is so weird. He's like, oh, they probably like want to talk about this. And like, yeah, you need those kinds of connections. And so just knowing that like whether it Mm -hmm. was like a TA or a teacher or a classmate or like anyone, everybody has to use resources and references and utilize that. Like nobody thinks it's weird. Nobody is above that. Everybody has to do it. And so if you can do that, that's also a good kind of like entryway into it. I don't know when you would apply to grad school next. Like, I don't know if you need like the rest of this calendar year and then you apply in the fall and then that's like ready for grad school. Like that would be enough. Or if you need like an additional like year on top of that. But I think if you're feeling this burnt out right now, even if you're able to like make this work for you, I don't think that you should have to make this work for you for like two more years. Like I think like the advice we gave Mm -hmm. early is like, that's what you need to do until you can get another job. But I think that the ultimate goal is finding another job. And maybe also, I don't know what your financial, you said like you want to save, like save so you can eventually move out. But like, I don't know if you're paying rent or if you're like living with like family or people. I don't know if you could do some like, can they could do an apprenticeship or is that also for credits? Because I know you can't, internships you have can to be. That. Yeah, but I wonder, I wonder if there's something along the line. You could shadow someone. You could shadow them. I was going to say I'm taking this kind of from somebody that's in our Facebook group and they share this about them getting into school. They contacted the school directly to see what they needed to do, not just like the generic thing that they send, you know, sorry, you didn't get in this time because of blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Contacting the school directly and see because the thing with grad school, just like anything, it's about. It can be about who you know as well. And if they know that you're actively trying, I've known people that have gotten into higher ed, maybe a law school, and they didn't, they didn't specifically have the grades, but they knew s- someone that uh, worked at the law school. So all they did was contact them and got in. So, and they're actually like very successful now. Like I said, I don't think grades mean everything, but they're like a really successful lawyer. And so building relationships with the school as well can help with your application. So, and see, like ask them like, hey, I've been working here for X, Y, and Z. I went to undergrad. I got these grades, blah, blah, blah. And see, like, just see, go to things, meet people. They have mixers. Schools have mixers. Go to those and just work your way in there. Making connections really is the key to a lot of things in life. Yeah. If right now you're just trying to build money to eventually move out of a situation, but if you're in a situation where like you're not having to pay rent, I know we're a very money-driven kind of thing, but like getting into school is a dance and like it is that kind of thing. So like Mm -hmm. sometimes that means like, if you can swing it applying to like, maybe there's an international program that you can do that sponsors you to go to like a different country and do X, Y, and Z training in this that like would still be applicable to the future grad school. Or maybe there's like a summer course you can take at the school that's like that. And then ask the Mm -hmm. teacher if you can come back in TA and do lots of different things that it's like, maybe right now what you have is a lane that would give you that exact experience but maybe what you can do is like break that off into like three different sectors of like, I can get this experience in this way and this experience here in this way and this way and combine those hours together. That is a full, like a full-time job where you're doing bits and pieces through different organizations or different ways of doing that. Um, and it might be kind of more of like a hassle and a headache, but it might be the kind of loophole and also 
better for your mental health than this company. Yeah. It sucks how much we have to work the systems for everything, but yeah, that's the way it is. And if you want to play the game, you got to get in the game. And you also don't have an option. You have to play the game. That's like the part that's so hard Mm -hmm. that like lots of people want to work to live. And I'm willing to jump through so many hoops because like I live to work and do all of that stuff. But like the Mm -hmm. fact that people have to jump through hoops and they're like, I don't even want to do this. Like I just have to like this. The end result's not going to be worth the effort that it takes. Um, But you seem really passionate about your career. And like, I'm very thankful that that's my like how I am, because like I don't think that one is better than the other. I really respect, (laughs) I fucking respect people with the boundaries who are just like, yeah, no, I like work to live. Like that's how Sydney is. And I'm just like, you're like the freeingness, that nature of it, like, wow. And I know that it's, it pays off for me and it's still excruciating and so fucking hard. And like when it's not, that's not your mindset. Like that's, it's just fucking bullshit. So we have a lot of people who work in the psychology field though. So if you are a part of the psychology psychology field, I'm pretty sure maybe it's the one that you're referencing, but we did have someone in the like the group who did, yeah, like about like I didn't originally get into grad school and then I got in. If you call original caller, if you are in the Facebook group and you want to make a post, I am so sure that that person will reach out to you, whether it's a private message or mm-hmm. not. And I'm sure tons of people would love to um, offer any of their insight. Again, we have so many psych majors and people who work in this field. So if you would like a uh, fast pass to our Facebook group, just um, apply and shoot me and shoot us a DM on the podcast account to let us know. You have to pass like the requirements, but. Mm -hmm. Just like the world as it is. (laughs) This is how you. (laughs) We are capitalist scum. So we are playing the game. You have to pass. But we want to offer like our own like community for connections as much as possible. All right. So time for a break. Woo. Okay. We'll be back. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while i'm working out i just take one stick of the hydrate mix it in with my bottle of water 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there they also have the all-in-one shakes which i absolutely love i'm running low so i gotta get some more but um i love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have 310's four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. 
Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited for someone who like... You know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is 
your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And we're back from our break. Let's get into the rest of the calls. Roll the tapes. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm a 25-year-old female Gemini that uses she, her pronouns, and I do not know what to do but my boyfriend's fear of flying. For context, he's a 25-year-old Pisces, and we've been together for just over one year, but first met when we were 15. I love traveling, and since I live in the Midwest, flying is currently the easiest option since I don't have enough PTO for long road trips. Also, I've never left the country, but it's a huge dream and goal of mine. Since my boyfriend and I have been following each other on social since we were 15, I had seen him go on numerous airline trips with his family over the years. So I was really shocked when we started dating, and he said flying was a huge fear of his. During that conversation, he also said his desire to travel was low, so I should focus on traveling with my friends instead of him, and that if we did travel, he would prefer we did so by car. I love going on trips with my girlfriends and going on road trips, but the problem is that I have some out-of-state weddings coming up that, would be my, that he would be my plus one to. They are very far away, so flying is the only transportation option that makes sense. Also, if our relationship works out, it has been a childhood dream of mine to be proposed to or honeymoon in Hawaii. Not to be high maintenance, but a road trip honeymoon in the United States just sounds like my own worst nightmare. I just don't know how to approach the situation because I don't want to completely disregard his fear towards flying. I'm just conflicted because he has flown numerous times before in his life and won't with me. I will also note that this fear might be motion sickness related. What I don't know is if he actually feels sick from the plane's movement or because he psychs himself out beforehand due to anxiety. I'm just not sure what to do, so I'd appreciate any and all help. Love the podcast, and thank you both so much. Should we get the Hawaii PSA out of the way first? (laughs) You can do that, yeah. Um, uh, Unless you are a native Hawaiian... Do not go to Hawaii. Hawaii is illegally occupied. I mean, much of this country is legally occupied if we want to get into that. But if you want to get into like the true technicalities of illegally occupied within the last small time range, uh, that is Hawaii. And it has been transformed into a naval base. And that has That's how we've been able to stay there. And also Mormon missionaries have just gone to uh, insert themselves and convert people there. But Hawaii is constantly being depleted of its resources. Locals cannot buy homes. The economy is tanking. The health infrastructure and system, because it's an island, is suffering. The myth that tourism is what keeps Hawaii alive is completely false. Hawaii was thriving uh, wonderfully, beautifully before it was colonized. And uh, treating colonization as the reason why Hawaii is successful, as opposed to the reason why Hawaii uh, and local Hawaiians are struggling as just completely idiotic. Like it's just backwards. And please just listen to Native Hawaiians who will repeatedly, repeatedly tell you to just stop coming. And Hawaii is a beautiful place. I've been to Hawaii as a kid. And this is something that I have learned from research. And also, like, I think if you haven't heard about this in the last year, I would uh, really implore you to do some self-inventory about the narratives and voices you hear in your life because this is something that like anytime someone tells me they've never heard about this I'm like how like it's just like it's just so unless you only talk to other like white people constantly and like you have no other it's like telling me you I don't know that's like telling me you don't know like about the Black Lives Matter movement I'm kind of just like where the fuck have you been like what do you mean and so it's a beautiful place that is not for us and it's not our place and like we can admire the pictures and see how absolutely beautiful it is but do not actively contribute to harming the community who's literally screaming from the fucking rooftops like leave us alone and yeah you can appreciate from afar and I also just want to say don't want to assume that you're white you can't be a they can't be another ethnicity so and a person of color that's non-hawaii and even from 
not, I'm not, don't take everything I'm fucking, take this with a grain of salt because I'm just a white girl from California, but from the natives that I have followed their belief system of people who are native Hawaiian, if you are visiting, if you are a native Hawaiian who currently does not live on the, on any of the islands and you have family that still lives there, then like, they're like, sure, come visit, see your family. But that's like, you stay with your families. You don't contribute money to like the hotel chains, like all of that. So it's like, that's what that is. But there's so many, so many creators talking about it and like so much that you can research online. This is a beautiful place for native Hawaiians. And like, that's who it's for. And like, we can admire from afar. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, I also have a fear of flying, um, but I know that that's the only way I can see my family without getting in a car, which is also dangerous as a woman traveling by myself. And it's a completely 24 hour trip if I was to do it. I mean, I go visit friends and stuff, but I have severe, severe anxiety when it comes to flying. I'm sitting there, person that's sitting there like praying the whole time and hyperventilating and everything but in the way that you said that you know taking a road trip is your own worst nightmare you don't want to do it that's how he feels about flying (laughs) and so he probably went on trips with family because they forced him to go when he was younger and so if they're forcing him to go he doesn't have a say in that and he was probably very anxious if it's you said you don't know if it was from anxiety or from motion sickness. Ask him. He told you. He was upfront about it. Was like, if you want to go on trips, I don't want to go on trips where I have to fly. I do that with your friends. He told you that. And now you're crossing the line. He put up his boundaries. You're cross you're not taking his boundaries in account because you want you have this fantasy of traveling with him when he told you that's not what he wants to do. Yeah, I think you're right. Like his family, other people disrespecting his boundaries is not an invitation for you to disrespect them. Like mm-hmm. with family, it can be really hard. You can be forced. It can be something that you had no choice and you had no option to. And his family could know that he has a fear and they don't care. And I think that like, if anything, seeing that he has flown before and then if that if this was like in my relationship and like seeing that he had flown before and then saying that he's like setting those clear boundaries and like letting me know ahead of time, it would be like, I have seen you fly. Like what I, I would love, like, tell me about that experience. That must have really sucked that you had to go through this kind of stuff. And like, but the fact that he would still feel open to then tell you this as opposed to like continue to let his boundaries be disrespected by people. Like, I think that shows like, that's I think that's incredible. Like, and so I think that like you we have to like listen to people. Like you don't know more than him. He's not trying to like pull a fast one on you. And like, like Melissa said, like he's been up front since the beginning. And just because like you like get vaccinated and you're caught up on all of that stuff doesn't mean that you are don't have anxiety about needles. Like it's just like right. the that is something where it's like, if there was something that he really, really, really needed to go to, that it was like outweighed what like that fear for him, where it was like, maybe it's like a, a funeral that he can't get to. Like, maybe there is something and that time might not be now. It could be 20 years in the future or it could like never happen. But there might be a time where he wants to try something that's out of his comfort zone and he gets to like decide his own boundaries. But like, that's up to him. Like overcoming a fear 
um, and a phobia. Like, it is not done for the convenience of others or for other people. Like, that's just more anxiety-inducing, and that's just so much more pressure. And a plus one to a wedding, like, we've said this before on the podcast, but, like, I think we have, like you said, these, like, fantasy ideas of what we see these things at, but, like, you need to look at the reality. The reality is he's absolutely petrified of flying. Are you going to have a good time on a flight with him while he is, like, just a sheer ball of anxiety? Are you going to feel good about taking him on a plane for your, a wedding of your friend who he does, maybe doesn't even know, isn't that close to, like, the weeks leading up to it, the anxiety of him the weeks leading up to it? Then when he gets there, the anxiety that's there, like, do you think he's going to have a good time at the wedding? And then he's going to have to turn around and yeah. do it again. and are you going to have fun? Like, are you going to have fun knowing that this person that you really care about is, like, miserable? And that was, like, what you wanted because I don't think that's what you want like I think like in your head this is something that can be fixed and like well I want him to be my plus one at a wedding it'll be great and it'll be fun but like you can't talk about it in fantasies like the practicality of it is is like sure he could be your plus one at a wedding and you'd have to drag him onto a plane he would be complete anxiety beforehand during and afterwards and it's going to be miserable for both of you is that fun mm -hmm. like that's the plus one you're gonna get you can't mold it to be any different like is that what you want because that's what you have but you that's that's like all there is to it. And so like, again, like I, I don't know. I, phobias are something that I think always should be respected with boundaries. And if this is a deal breaker to you that like he can't fly and he can't travel, then I think that's something you need to talk with yourself about. But also, I don't know. I respect like anyone's like deal breakers. But like, I think if that is a deal breaker of yours, I would evaluate in the same sense that like flying is really hard for people who are disabled or people who are sick so would that also become a deal breaker for you like do you know what I mean like that's just like it's a slippery slope when it's something like this that is like a phobia needs to be treated like a mental health thing because it is like it truly yeah, is because it is would someone who have depression be a deal breaker for you like there's a difference between someone who like is actively choosing to not work on their mental health and is being destructive to you and everybody else around them. But like, this is a personal phobia that only like that this is applies to his life and he's set up these clear boundaries. And are there other like, is someone who has like OCD a deal breaker to you? Like these intrusive thoughts that maybe only have like to do with him and his life. Like it's just a really slippery slope. So even if this is a deal breaker for you, I would have a conversation with yourself where psychological deal breakers start and end um, when they're not harming anyone, you know? Mm -hmm. So whatever weddings you're going to, I promise you as someone who's been a plus one to a wedding, if it's your friend group or you know a ton of people there, you will have more fun with just your friends. Like you don't need to bring a plus one. Sometimes family weddings, like if it's awkward, like it's a lot easier to have a plus one there. But especially early on in a relationship, I promise it's not missing out on that much. Like you'll have, like he said, like prioritize the stuff with your friends. You'll have more fun. Right. All right. Next one. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm going through kind of a tough situation right now. So basically, my boyfriend and I were in a four-year long-distance relationship. And granted, like we are kind of young. I'm just out of college. So, you know, I'm in my early 20s. But I'm going through a really hard situation because I feel, I'm feeling kind of blindsided. You know, we were, we were still doing long distance, but this summer we were finally going to be living in the same city. We were literally like weeks away from being in the same city finally. We both got new jobs. Um, I felt like, you know, all of this, all of this time that we'd put into our relationship, this future we were working towards was finally coming to fruition. And then he all of, out of the blue 
told me that he feels like he needs time alone and he feels like he's never going to be ready to be in a long-term relationship that ends in marriage and like kids and things like that unless he has some time for himself. And while I totally respect that and I like reiterated it to him multiple times, we did obviously, you know, we had multiple conversations about our breakup because, you know, it was a four-year relationship. It was, you know, we were working towards something. It wasn't just something, oh, we're seeing, you know, we're just seeing where this goes. You know, we were putting in efforts that we could ultimately, you know, be together in the long term. So, so I was feeling very blindsided and then, it was kind of weird because throughout the week that we were talking and having our breakup discussions, he was still like kind of okay with the sexual aspects of our relationship and still like asking me for like pictures and like wanting to like sext and things like that. And then he told me that he, one night when we were talking and stuff, he told me that he wasn't sure if he wanted to break up or he said that he might want to like maybe try and make things work, kind of referring to the sexual part of the relationship but then he like really quickly was just like oh yeah I'm just thinking like I'm just thinking with my dick like you know don't worry about it like never mind I take it back essentially and, and then the next day we had like our final breakup conversation and he didn't want to meet in person and we just ended up having a 15 minute phone call and of course I was up, upset and crying and he was like we can talk later if you want but yeah I'm just feeling very blindsided feeling very disrespected so if you have any insight in the situation, anything to like make me feel better, that would be great. Love you both. Fuck this guy. Like, I don't think it'll make you feel better right now, but like, I'm so fucking glad you like didn't move in with him. Like, I'm so glad that this, that th like he let himself out of your life at this point and like did not, it did not ruin the new city and the new job and all of this stuff. Like, for you, like, that's the the positive aspect of this, that, like, he's always been a piece of shit. And I'm glad that, like, at least from your mindset right now, it sounds like the relationship prior to this was great, which is why you were so blindsided. I'm gonna let you know that give it a couple months and you'll start to kind of piece together things that, like, weren't so great in the relationship that you didn't notice. Um, but you're young. It's four years. That's all of college. And it, it can kind of become the blueprint of relationships for you. And so, like, I think the more that you date, the more you'll see that, like, wow, this really wasn't, like, everything. But I'm I'm glad that it wasn't, like, four years of, like, the worst, most toxic thing ever that, like, you have had good memories. And I'm glad that the second that he was no longer capable of, like, having those good memories, he saw himself out. Like, I think everything he did from that point forward of being like, I don't know that I'm ready like to move forward with blah, 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 is just like absolute garbage. And he's a piece of shit. What does he mean that he can't be in a committed relationship without having or have kids without having time to himself? Like, does he think that if y'all were in the same city, you would just be spending every second together? I don't think he ever wanted to be in a committed relationship with someone in the same place you know it's fine if you're upfront with this uh, about this that you are somebody that wants to be in a relationship but have it you know there are people that get married and they live in two different houses if that's what you're upfront with upfront about in the beginning and I don't understand this man. <laughs> I don't understand anything. Maybe, you know, maybe it got close to time when you're going to be in the same place and he got cold feet and didn't understand what the adjustment of being 
in the same place as somebody would be. And now, and that freaked him out. But then when he takes it to the step of, but you know, we can still send pictures. We can still have sex as if that's okay. That was my exact perspective. Like I um, immediately, my initial thought was like, he probably moved out of his like college town, like two weeks before you or a week before you. And he saw his friends like getting their apartments and this independence and this agency. And he got FOMO and that was what happened. But like, no, like after everything from that point forward, I'm like, I feel like, and please just stop listening at this point. If like you are in the romanticizing idea of him and like the uh, wanting to like appreciate your relationship and like for like what it was like, I'm not kidding. Like caller, stop listening to this podcast. I mean, not this whole podcast. Stop listening to this episode. And then in six months, you can come back and listen to the rest of this. We love you. And uh, I'm going to give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two. One. Hi, caller. You're back now and you're angry and we fucking hate him. And so now let's talk mm-hmm. about how much we fucking hate him. You got duped for four years of your relationship. And if you were dating in real life, if this was not long distance, this would not have happened. Like he specifically orchestrated a relationship that was long distance so he could do this to you. He could he could be a fuck boy. He could probably sleep around with other people. He could have relationships. He could do all that shit. And then he got to like fucking role play as the good guy and text you and be like the sweet, adoring boyfriend and then get that attention. And like, that's the thing. It's like, I don't want you to think that like you should have seen this coming or there were clues that you missed. Like, no, no, no. You were purposefully like this relationship was done because it was foolproof on his end. Like, that's what happens. Like I've saw it. I'm, everyone who's been to college has seen it so many times that that guy who has the long distance girlfriend and you see how he acts like the fucking whole time. And then she comes for formal or she comes for something and he's a completely different person. And you're like, mm-hmm. she has no idea. And it's nobody's responsibility to like carry that weight and like tell the other person. But like, it's just something that fucking happens. And if you think about this as like the biggest fucking catfish ever, it's like he pulled out of the FaceTime catfish meetup date because you were going to then realize he could no longer stop lying to you. He could no longer play this role of this guy who he clearly is not like at all. And he wouldn't be able to keep that ruse up when you are in person. And that's why this happened and ended the way it did. And this is blindsided because he wanted you to feel blindsided, but this is not out of character. He like showed you a character, but like not his real or true character. And like, this was the glimpse into that. Cause this is not the actions of somebody who is like feeling wistful, seeing their friends be independent or like recognizing that like a very healthy thing is to recognize that like you want to like maybe be independent in a city for a while. But if your reason why you don't want to be with your move in, like, be together with your girlfriend in a city with the girl you've been dating for four years because that's a lot of commitment. It means you were never committed in the first place. Right. And he doesn't want to give that up. I don't want to say you should feel disrespected, but like I want to validate that this is like one of the most disrespectful things I've ever heard on this podcast. Like this is like one of the biggest like this man, are you fucking kidding me audacity? Like if I was friends with you in real life, like I would pull up and finish that sentence however you want. But like this is <laughs> what the allegate fine. I'm safe legal loopholes. <laughs> but like this is like, of course you feel disrespected. This is so fucking disrespectful. And this is absolute bullshit. And I am so sorry that he put you through this. And I want to reiterate that like no relationship, nobody can like steal your time, waste your time, 
or anything like that. Like, I hate the whole thing of like everything in life has to be a lesson. But like, no, like these were four years of like bullshit that like you went through with this guy that like is probably was none of it. The vast majority of it came from like a really insincere, um, disingenuous place. But that is like life and like these things happen and what you can do moving forward with this and like knowing how much better than this you deserve and like having like holding the people that you date to a much higher standard and knowing your worth and he is like a complete waste of time and it's inevitable we will all have people who will waste our time but the thing about that is that that ensures that later down the road we're not wasting our time with somebody else like someone's gonna waste our time Mm -hmm. but that's time that is allotted to be wasted like Otherwise, we would all like end up with the first person we ever laid out. It would be fucking Jacob Renesme. We're not going to imprint on everybody we see. Like, it's just bullshit. But like, this is not something that anybody should ever have to go through. And this is like a really cruel way to kind of, um, if you want to see this as like the lessons that you learn. But I hate, hate that because it's not like you can control anything. But like, to set the standards of the people you want to date, this is a really yeah, cruel way for the universe to, this is a really cruel way to do that. And like, I want to yeah. make sure you know that, that this is like, you don't have to take this as like a a badge of honor. Like this fucking sucks. This was so cruel, unneeded, unnecessary. And I wish him nothing but hell. I wish him the worst. The absolute fucking worst. Oh, and I just want to give you like a hug because like imagine like you just fucking broke up and then asking for nudes and pictures. Like my mind would be fucking scrambled. I would be like, uh, like that is such a fucked thing to do. Wow. All right. Time for don't blame them. So don't blame them. This is where uh, a listener will call in with their own advice pertaining to a call we played on a previous episode. Maybe they have personal experience uh, or they just have something to say that we might have missed. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am calling in for don't blame them. I guess it's probably for season nine, episode 18, the one with the bride peeing on me story. But this is also just concerning all wedding-related calls because it seems like you guys have been getting a lot of stories um, between the two podcasts. So first of all, I got married a couple years ago. I have worked some weddings. I'm friends with people in the industry. And I just want to say to the brides and grooms planning their wedding, this is one day. It's one day out of all the days you're going to share with your partner. It's an important day. It's a day to celebrate, but unless you're loaded, it's not going to go perfectly. You're not going to get everything you want. That's just reality. So do not use the excuse that you're engaged to treat people like garbage, whether it's your wedding party, your family, venue staff, wedding planner, whatever. Make a list of what you absolutely have to have and just go from there. My husband and I love food, so we spent a lot of money on the food, and we didn't really spend a lot on the flowers. We went very simple because food meant more to us. To this day, people still tell me how amazing the food was, and they don't remember what the table looks like. Looked like. So when I got married, I set a budget for all, the entire wedding party, and I asked them day one, like, what are you willing to pay for? What is your budget? And I picked a dress for my girls. It was under $100, and they were totally fine to pay for it because it's a dress that they're never going to wear again. And to all of the bridal party participants, if a wedding, if being in a wedding party is causing you immense amounts of stress and anxiety and mental distress, get out. 
it's not worth it. Just get out. No, no family or friend. It's just, it's just not worth it. So I hope this inspired people to drop out of any toxic situation. I'm running out of time. Okay. Thank you. Bye. You still have 40 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I agree whole, whole, whole heartedly. Yeah. Yeah. This is great advice. Thank you for your insight and your clarity. I think a lot of people, I think once Megan got engaged, then it kind of opened the floodgates of people (laughs) sending in wedding things. But yeah, I like she said, it's just one, it's one day. It's one fucking day. And the reason you're there is to get married. And the reason why you're attending someone else's wedding is just to bear witness and enjoy the time. And if it's not enjoyable, why the fuck are you doing it? That goes for anything in life. Unless, you know, you have to grin and grit your teeth through a job you hate so you can get experience to go to grad school. But yeah. Yeah. The, nobody cares about your wedding like as much as you do. Like, and to be fair, like the only person who maybe also probably cares is maybe a couple of family members. But like, let's be real, not even all of mm-hmm. them. Like it is... And it's a really odd thing because nobody cares as much about as much about your wedding as you do. But your wedding is a uh, hot take. Uh, uh, your wedding's not about you. It's about a wedding is about the guests. Getting married is about you. But a wedding is about the mm-hmm. guests. And if you're prioritizing your experience as like one person out of like like one one hundredth of like the whole day, that is not fun for absolutely anyone <laughs> involved. Like. The guest forward weddings are the best ones that I've ever been to. And I will contest one thing she said where it's like, unless you have a fuckload of money, something is going to go wrong. I have been to multi-million dollar weddings and they, of the things that went wrong, they were by far the like most chaotic ones that went wrong. And like yeah. the ones that I remember, like stuff that went wrong at like other people's weddings, like I probably didn't even know about or notice, but like the most expensive weddings I've been to, like the stuff that went wrong, money can solve logistical issues. It can't a lot for people. (laughs) So that's all I'll say for that one. But yeah, I keep getting on wedding TikTok and it just like makes me feel like so not to be like, I'm not like other girls, but it really makes me feel like I'm living on my own planet because I like can't fathom this. (laughs) But like, I also think that I wish everybody could buy a house before they had a wedding because like those are two really huge financial decisions. But I think a lot of the reason why people have funneled so much into fucking weddings is because the housing market's impossible to break into. So like a wedding is like your house. You know what I mean? Like you can't save for both. So you pick the wedding because it's more attainable. But the concept of money when it comes to like weddings, like it's like monopoly money and it's just like a really, really fucked up industry. So I mean, pay and tip all your wedding vendors. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. It's just that the market value, the the what's it called like price gouging like that aspect of it is anytime you put wedding or marriage in front of anything the the price goes up Mm -hmm. yeah so that is it for our episode we hope you all enjoy um if you did please leave a review on the podcast app we would love to hear if you are a fan of the show and if you've left a review before that's totally fine you can leave another one if you would like to call in for an upcoming episode leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976 international and international listeners you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com if you have an update send us an email and we will schedule to get you on the podcast we can talk about it and if you are still listening head on over to our instagram and comment how about you comment the best career advice that you've ever gotten and it doesn't have to be like specific to your field it can be totally specific to your field 
or it could just be like an overarching like concept or something that really like helped you and cha- like with the way doesn't necessarily mean success in like the monetary way, but like how you your work life balance relationship, like the best advice you ever got relating to like work. I think that could be helpful for people. That's good. I like that. All right. Uh, new review. <gasps> ready? I'm ready. This is from Green Leo 77 and it says, these two get me. I love Hal, and I'm sorry, I don't know how to spell your name for sake. Megan, she spelled both of our names wrong. Megan has an H in her name. I only have one S. Okay. Megan riles me up and gets me righteously angry while Melissa keeps me calm throughout. Also, they're never wrong. Thank you. (laughs) And the more I listen, the more I love what I learn about them. General Hospital fandom, amazing. Anti-ableism, top shelf. Anti-invisible ableism, 10 out of 10. I feel like I'm actively in the conversation with them, which is all anyone wants out of a podcast. Oh my God, Green Leo 77 I love you. You're right. That brought, that brought <laughs> a too. smile to my face too. Do you want to see that <laughs> smile? Head on over to our Patreon. Oh, that makes me so happy. So thank you all. If you want to leave a review, go for it. Please do. It does really like make our day. We get excited. And we'll send each other mm-hmm. like, look at the reviews. Like it's, it's exciting. If you want to join in the community, like I said, Patreon, we have so much fun getting to like know so many of you. And it's really cool. It's like follow along with your lives. Like we've seen people like having like relationships, getting their doctorates. And like, we get to like celebrate this kind of stuff with you. So if you felt like a parasocial relationship listening to the podcast, like that meme where you're like laughing along, that dream can become a reality <laughs> in the Patreon. So <laughs> You sound like an MLM. Yes. Megan. Loves Loves Melissa. Melissa. You know, MLM also (laughs) means men loving men. (laughs) Yes, I do. Um, Okay, that's it. We will see you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.